How's everyone going? Excellent. Good. Uh, I'm I'm good with, with with interaction. By the way, you can yell and talk to me. The peacock has been so that uh, we can just keep doing that. It's good. Uh, it's it's a privilege to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And uh, when Scott asked me to come and preach, uh, I said, "What do you want me to do?" And uh, he basically said, "Just don't. Just do two things. Don't talk about anything from Hebrews." And uh, you've got half an hour. If you, get, if you go over that, you're going to get run out of town. So I'll, I'm going to pass on both of those things and um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you guys actually get the, you, you actually get the, uh, the abridged version of a sermon for next weekend for Hills. Uh, so this is, a, this is a week ahead of it, a, week, a week in advance. And if, it's, if it's any good, um, I might do it again next week. So um, look, every, every, every year... In uh, December, we get to this period of Christmas time, and we get into this season called um, called Advent. I don't know if um, different churches have obviously different ideas about you know um, calling these seasons what what what, what we, remem- we remember. But um, Advent essentially is the is the season where we remember and reflect, and uh, I guess cel- we celebrate Jesus coming into the world and what that means for us. We, we celebrate and consider again the example that he sets. We, uh, we, in a sense, prepare ourselves for Christmas time where we, um, uh, you know what, our, our world stops to celebrate a whole heap of things. We all stop to, to celebrate a whole heap of things, but we as Christians remember that in Jesus we have the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind. We, we have, a, we have a, the ultimate giver, gift of forgiveness of sins, of new life, of, of eternal life, of redemption. And I want to talk this morning about uh, one, one simple, practical way that we demonstrate love to the people around us. I've just been more and more convinced of this over the last six months while we've, we've had this, you know, this interesting period with COVID, haven't we? And I'm... I'm amazed in the, in the scriptures when, when Jesus just stops to listen to somebody. Something always seems to happen when, when he does that. And it's a skill that he demonstrated all the time, day in and day out. And it's one of the ones that we struggle with, I reckon, most. Um, so this is, this is a story. I, I was working probably, this is, this is probably a, a month or two ago. I'm over at, uh, over at Hills. There was a, a serious car accident up the road. Uh, Nathan was on holidays. So the amount of stuff to get done on a Friday is, is pretty significant. You've got to make everything work for the weekend. There's people there. Um, the op shop's running. There's uh, my, my daughter, who's 14, needed to go to the, to the um, eye specialist that day. And that took about two hours longer than I thought it would. I'm, I'm madly trying to do a, a roster for our for one of our teams and just texting all these people, trying to, try to make sure that everyone's, you know, um, available and right because there's no point doing a roster and then having to change it. It just drives you nuts. So I've got all this stuff going on in, in, my, in my mind and you're just running around um, trying, to, trying to keep track of all this stuff that's, that, that's happening. And I got a text from a, a guy who's a, probably a good friend of mine and, and he said to me... Um, I'm not sure what I can commit to right now. 
Um, and that was, like, the, the text was about four, like, it's one of those ones that's about four or five pages long. You know, you just keep reading and keep reading. Um, I just saw, I'm, I'm not sure what I can commit to, and just kept running. That was, it was one of those days. And about 12 hours later, Friday night, I'm at youth group. Yes, I was at youth group as well. I don't know what I was doing that day. But um, somebody said something about a, about a message they'd got, and I'm like, I probably should stop and actually read that. So I pulled the, pulled the phone out again, and to, to summarise the need, essentially what happened was that the message said that the, you know, the, the family was finding life difficult at the moment, there were challenges at work as far as um, my friend's, you know, I, I guess, situation. Uh, there was an extended but direct family member who had, who had basically just been given a terminal cancer diagnosis and they weren't sure what they could commit to in this next season. Now, in my rush, all I saw was I'm not available. But I missed the rest. And as a pastor, I can't afford to do that. I've got to be better than that. I've, I've got to be the person, like, I'm not listening. I just wasn't listening. And um, I wasn't present for somebody when they needed it. And I'm sure, I'm sure like the peacock over here, I'm sure, I'm sure that all of us have a story about that. We can think of a situation where, where something in our life, where, where we, oh, I wish I had that one back again. And, you know, the reality of, of stopping to listen to people is that it costs us something. It costs us time. It costs us um, our schedule. Our, our calendar gets messed up. Our, that, that meeting that we've been putting off and emotionally already started in our head that's still an hour away has to get put away. But I, th- but I think it's so important that we do this because as Christians particularly in this season where the world is unsettled by everything, maybe that's the one stability that we can give. Just that, just that you know, we, we have the power, I think, in a sense, to if we get this listening right, we have the situation where we can point people to Jesus the right way. There's, a, there's, there's an opportunity for us to do that. And this is how Jesus did it. This is, um, this is Mark 10. And from verse 46, this is a story that probably all of us have read about a dozen times, and I certainly had, but had never really stopped and thought about it. And it says, uh, they left, sorry, they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was nearby, he began to shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. They said, he's calling for you, come on. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat jumped up and came to Jesus. This is, this is a sermon in itself. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, 
for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. I, if you go back through the whole book of Mark, what you see everywhere is that every couple of steps on the, on the road, Jesus has this uncanny ability to stop and listen to this steady stream of people who everybody else ignores. He, he has this ability to... There's, there's, a, there's a lady who's been bleeding for 12 years. There's the, there's the naked guy on the hillside in the cemetery who's demon-possessed. There's a steady stream of lepers. There's, there's, there's this bloke who's, who, who is blind. And yet Jesus always has the time to stop and listen to them. I don't have that sort of time. And that's a... You know what? Here's the first thing about listening. It, it goes against the conventional grain. It goes against... It's, it's not natural. It's just not natural. Um... Many of you would have been in a large crowd, maybe not in recent times, but, but we, we've all been in a crowd, you know, and, and you can imagine the noise. You can imagine the distractions and the tunnel vision. You, you can imagine there would be probably a dozen people trying to talk to Jesus, asking him while they're walking his view on a certain topic. Or they're just pushing and shoving, trying to get themselves in a situation so the next time he does, he does, he does a miracle, they've got a front row seat. Or... There's, I can't do this, right? I'm male. I can do one thing at once and, and that's all, right? Now, I'm, I'm not sure about Jesus, but clearly he has the ability to see things that, that everybody else um, can't do. He's, Jesus has got stuff on his mind, I think. He's, he's, he's walking to Jerusalem where his life would be laid down for us. So he's not thinking about just the people in front of us, clearly he has something else on his mind. He, he's thinking about the, the rest of the world. He's thinking about the big picture probably, you know, the, the past, the present, the future. So the amount of things going on in this, in this scene is, is incredible. It's probably so noisy that you can't hear yourself think. But in a crowd, <laughs> the, the other thing, if you're in a crowd, you can't see out of that crowd. Okay, And yet Jesus has the ability to listen to the heart's cry of this guy and he stops and he recognises it. I, it's not a natural skill for us either. It's not, it's not, <laughs> there, was a, there was a news report this, um, a couple of weeks ago that was talking about um, that, that as a community we have in many cases lost the ability or are losing the ability to look somebody in the eye. We just have that difficulty to be able to do that um, today. And uh, apparently it's, our, it's most visible apparently in our kids. I'm, I'm not sure what that says about, uh, about the world. But we have, uh, uh, on a number of levels, have lost that ability just to be present with somebody. Just, just to actually be there while we're talking to somebody. And, and like the crowd, it's far easier to ignore the need Far easier to convince ourselves that I'm too busy to take the time to love this person right now. It's far easier to think that, you know, to, to run at a pace that the schedule and the time is all that matters. And it's far easier in this season to get stuck in the news cycle than it is to listen to the heart's cry of the person right in front of you. That, that's, that's what it is. Maybe, maybe even... 
the person in front of you who God puts in front of you and you wouldn't ordinarily notice, but God says, I want you to notice. And Jesus' example, despite all the distractions and despite all the other things that are going on, is he, he's always sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. There's always room to love one more. That's, that's an incredible challenge to me. I, I don't do that well. I've just got to be honest here. And I'm sure that I'm not alone. I'm sure I'm not alone. Point two is this. Jesus actually invites us to learn to listen. This, this might seem like a bit of a strange um, concept, but there's a, there's, there's a little sentence in the middle of verse 48 that um, I think has a lot to teach us. When Jesus, it says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. I find it intriguing that Jesus doesn't find a way just to stop and walk over to the guy directly, heal him and, and keep moving. Jesus doesn't stop um, and essentially call to the guy, come, come to me. He invites the people who are with him to tell him to come to me. And I think on some level, now maybe I'm, maybe I'm overthinking it, which is, which is quite possible with me, but I think something significant just happened in that moment. Jesus says, you go, you get this man, you bring him to me. And I, and I think the natural response of the crowd would have just been to yell, and, to, to yell back and ignore it. We haven't got time for you, but Jesus effectively says to the crowd, you should have noticed. You should have noticed. Here's the thing. People who walk in tune with God and people who listen to him should, should, I use the word should, should naturally notice the people around us who everybody else ignores. That, that, that same compassion that lived in Jesus so well should be alive in us as well. It should be, it should be here um, in, our, in our minds. And I, I'm not just saying that for a... Um, I'm not saying for a second that, that people in our world can't listen well. Okay, I'm, I've, I've been part of the police force for a long time and I, and I, I remember working for people who... They, they understood you, they knew you well, they listened to you well, and, and you loved them. Like, you, you would put yourself in harm's way for this person because they, because they knew you. They could listen to you, okay? They, you, you know who those people are in your life. And you'd have no hesitation putting yourself out there for, for them. I'm just saying, so, so the, world, the world can do this. We, we should all be able to do this, but as Christians... We should just do it better. We, we should just do it better. Now, I reckon one of, the, one of the reasons why maybe we don't get involved is it costs us something. It, it actually means that we've got to stop and get involved. Maybe it'll cost us more time. Maybe, maybe, it will just, it will, maybe we don't know what to say. But the, the crowd don't know what to say in this moment. They're like, what do, what do we do? Here's the important thing with listening. You've just 
got to bring them to Jesus. You don't have to know what to say. You don't have to have the answers to everything. You've just got to know where to point people. And I think that's the, I think that's the thing. Because I think, I think listening is that, is that opportunity to, to go past the surface stuff and actually get to the core root of somebody's life. This is point three. Listening gets deeper than the surface issues, I guess. And uh, notice that, you know, I've read this story before a long time, a lot, a lot of times, and just assumed that Jesus responds to this guy's need. He, his, his need is physical blindness. If, he's, if he could be just fixed of that, he can go get a job and make himself a better person. If he could just get fixed of this, of this physical blindness, his life could be better. Everything about his circumstances would change if he could see. But notice that he says he calls Jesus the son of David and he calls out for mercy. There's, there, there's clearly, clearly Bartimaeus has a concept in his mind there where he, where he understands that this Jesus is far more than just a miracle worker. He's far more. He, he acknowledges, I think, in his life that he falls way short of where he should be before God. And, and even though he is physically blind, which impacts everything about his world, he also has a far deeper spiritual blindness in his life. And he senses that this, that this Jesus is the answer to it. He, he just n- noticed the impact that Jesus listening to this fellow has. Verse 50, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? My rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see. And he followed Jesus down the road. He didn't run off and get a job. He didn't run off and make something better of his life. He left everything he had, and he followed Jesus. He, he clearly has this, you know, he, Jesus listens to this guy, to the cry of this man's heart, and he asks a very simple and yet a profound question. He asks, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, a guy that I have a lot of uh, enjoyment reading is, is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he said... We should listen with the ears of God in order that or so that we can speak the words of God. See, Bartimaeus doesn't just want to get healed and go find the job and move on with his life. He, he has a far more profound, deeper need in his life. He needs, to, he, needs a, he needs an answer to the purpose. He needs an answer to the meaning of life and when Jesus listens to him, he leaves everything behind. Everything he has previously put his life into, his, his faith into, his, his coat is his world. And he leaves it and follows Jesus. This, this Jesus is not just the answer to the physical problem I have. This Jesus is the, is the answer to every problem I've got. 
This, this Jesus is, is the solution for everything. And I, I, I just think this is, a, this is a great picture of the impact of listening to somebody. Because it's, a, it's an opportunity, I think, I think, to stop and listen and to love people. It's an opportunity in this Christmas season not just to, not just to listen, but to almost notice and help. Obviously, you can, you can, you can notice and help with the physical thing. You can notice and help with the surface issue on the... Everybody knows this guy's blind. Everybody knows the surface problem that is right in front of him. But if you listen to somebody, you can often go far deeper than just what they want. And maybe, maybe you have that opportunity to ask the right question of somebody and maybe they realise that the need in their heart is far more significant. The need in, the, in their life is far more profound than just the problem that's clouding their mind right, right then and there. And I think, I think it's that moment where they recognise their need for a saviour. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of those conversations. I want to be talking to somebody and have the ability to, to not only hear the need that they've got right there right now, but understand what the real need of their heart is so I can tell them about Jesus. Uh, a couple of things to finish. I, um, what, why talk about listening? Apart from the peacock talking to, <laughs> talking to us. Why talk about listening? Why? Um, as I was talking to Scott, we, I was just thinking about the fact that the, we're getting into that time of year right now in Christmas time, where we have an opportunity almost to, to remember and we remember the extraordinary love and the extraordinary grace that Jesus has showered on each one of us. This is, this is the time where we as Christians stop and celebrate. And what better time to start walking with Jesus, by the way? What, what, what better time if, if we've been messed up this, this year and all our routines have been thrown out, what better time to start walking with God again? This is, this is, I, I, I think just, just remember that the people who walk with Jesus are the people who naturally understand the needs around them better. But Christmas, I think, I think is, the, is also the season where each year we are surrounded by, by people who, you know, f- you know friends, uh, workmates, family members, uh, m- maybe even people at church. Maybe even people at church, and especially after a season like we've had in this in this time, where we've spent a lot of time apart from one another, haven't we? We've spent a lot of time apart from other people, and we've almost lost that community thing a bit. And I just think maybe 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 the most important thing, maybe the most important skill that we as God's people can have right today, is the ability to stop and create the time to listen to somebody. I'm. I'm more and more convinced. I was thinking about, about hills. We've got these couple of um, banners up you know, about glorifying God and embracing people and planting seeds and making disciples. And as I, as I thought about each one of those four things, I can't do that if I don't listen to somebody. I just can't fulfil the mission of my saviour or the mission of my church if I don't listen to people. I just can't do it. It's the moment where we, if we, if we create the time to listen, 
we listen to the cry of the heart and we can bring them to Jesus. We can bring them to the person who will, who will be the solution for everything. So my encouragement to you simply is this. Invite people into your life this Christmas. Invite people into your home. Invite people into around your table. Invite people into and around your church. Invite people to leave all the stuff that they've accumulated and show them something better. Show them something better. Invite them to follow Jesus because he is the ultimate answer to every need that they have. They just don't know it yet. What if today... If you don't know Jesus today, um, I believe that he would ask that same question of each one of us, of each one of you today. He would ask that question, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And our response, I think, like, 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 like our blind friend Bartimaeus, is simply to leave all the stuff behind to acknowledge our past, to acknowledge our, everything that we, else that we've put our trust in and to seek to leave it behind and follow Jesus. That, that's, that's, what the, that's what this Christian faith is all about. And if you're still on that journey of faith, I just want to encourage you that this is, this is, this is, the, this is the moment. This is, this is the question for you to consider. What do you want me to do for you. Let's pray. God, we just want to, Lord, I just, I just sense that we, uh, as, as your people, can do better when it comes to loving and to serving and to being your hands and feet to the people around us, particularly, God, in this season where we, where, where we are, particularly in this world where, where, we've, where we've just noticed, God, that, that need to stop and to love and to listen. And the reality is it's hard to do. It's hard to do. It's, it's hard, to, hard to understand and hard to, um, hard to be your people and to have that same compassion in our lives for the people around us. And God, we, we just need your help with that. We, we as, as followers of Jesus want to be able to do better. We want to, we want to be able to be people who understand the heart's cry around us and we seek to address it. But God, I just, I just want to pray today for those people who, who may be um, right here in this church or maybe watching online who, who have that need in their life. Maybe it's the physical blindness, but, but God, maybe it's also a spiritual blindness. Maybe it's just that moment where we, we, we know in our lives and in our hearts that there's something missing. We just know it. And God, I pray that today for those people that they would reach out, reach out for Jesus. Reach out to find the hope that only he can bring. Reach out to find um, the answer that Jesus brings to everything about their life. God, I pray that you'd be working in the hearts and lives of, of people just as we, as we seek to be your hands and feet. But God, we also want to be people who leave all the other stuff behind 
We leave all the other stuff that we have accumulated and all the other stuff that we've put our faith in and we seek to follow you and to love you with all our hearts. And God, the reality is we just need your help with that. We just need your help. Amen. Um, I know I'm a visiting pastor, and, um, but you know what? Pastors pray for people. And I guess it's just, the, it's just, my, just my invitation. Um, whenever I'm at a church, whatever, whatever I'm doing, there's no higher privilege as a pastor than to sit and pray with somebody. So if, if I've said something or, or you have a need in your, in your life today, I'd be, I'd be honoured to pray with you. Um, I'll just leave that, leave that offer there um, as, we, as we sing our last song. Thanks for having us, guys. I really, I really appreciate the love and the, and, and the support. Um, you're, a, you're a great bunch of people. And um, you know, our, our, our many blessings to you over this Christmas season.